work my fingers to the bone I never get to go home This is my ever wanted life Manifest destiny I work my fingers to the bone I never get to go home This is my ever wanted life Manifest destiny Damn, I distort myself But you contributed I distort myself But you helped And I distort myself Hello, everybody. Jonathan Grissom, More Bands Media. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. We have a guest in with us today, a singer-songwriter out of Oklahoma. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Levi Barton, how are you today, sir? Fantastic. Uh, Thank you. Man, you, you got to us, like, I mean, right on time, because uh, we're taking a week off, so we've been kind of downshifting and everything, and uh, honestly, we were planning on having no guests this this one, but we had a, uh, a guest... Uh, skip out on us previously so we're like well hey this actually works out so um tell us a little bit about yourself man where you from and um how'd you end up here well i'm from fort worth texas Uh, i grew up there born in brunswick georgia though so uh mom moved us out when i was a little boy but brought me out here to okc is the navy Mm. um i'm actually stationed at tinker right now um Still plan on staying here in OKC though. There's there's a lot for me here. I feel like and uh, well, how long? Yeah. I mean, I, I hadn't heard your name come across our desk. Uh, Jonathan, I guess saw you at a at one of the places around town and yeah. and and told us about you. So it's like um, I haven't been here for very long. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, how long have you been playing around town? Uh, only a couple months. Okay. Yeah, so I'm still really fresh. Still hitting uh, like the open mic type things, just trying to. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, you know, um, I've only been to three open mic nights. One of those three, one time, <laughs> and the other two was mainly just because it it was like in my schedule, you know. So I, I work overnight currently, and there's nothing going on during the day, and I have to be at work and ready to work by 10 p.m. Mm. So um, I've only been able to go to a couple because of the time frame in which they start. Most of the time they start around like 8 or 9, and it's like I wouldn't even be able to play. So there's no point in really going. Um, I haven't been to JJ's on Sunday nights or Sunday afternoons, so I could have been going there. But I heard that you have to like sign up beforehand like days before i'm not 100 i haven't been to jj's in a, a while um you have you been out there lately JJ's alley yeah i mean i don't know how they do things out yeah. there anymore man and it's uh, like that's the, the one down like in bricktown right yeah yeah, yeah it's small <laughs> like that's on the a end, two, like two story place right yeah because yeah. upstairs it's all small up there and stuff like um i know a buddy that a does times. comedy out there but i don't know how they work it i mm. mean yeah. yeah i saw him last night Oh, Greg? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I saw him at the Nicky Jackson thing because he's friends with uh, some other uh, singer that was on stage. Huh. Shout out to Greg Galarna, or Greg Thomas, my bad. Not his, I don't want to give his, his real first last name out. <laughs> first name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. <clears throat> well, um, so you got here, you landed here, and, and so what were some of your uh, music in the house growing up? Like, where's your, where does your... When you pick up a guitar, like what calls to you to write a song? Um, the the music, I guess, in general, <laughs> just calls to me. You know, um, well, I mean, what was on the radio growing up? I mean, so what I grew up listening to for the most part is gonna kind of make you laugh. Um, you know, so it was, I was uh, in a household with a single mother, so she's raising me up until I was like about five. So. All of that time, I'm spending most of my time with her and whatever she listens to. But she's like really into George Strait, the Dixie Chicks, you know, uh, country and the then country, like yeah. Madonna. Um, who else was was it that she was really into? Oh, J- Janet Jackson. Oh yeah, Michael sure. Jackson. So this is probably how old are you, man? Um, I'm 28. Or okay, be 28. So this would be like like oh yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Oh yeah, all over the Janet Jackson, yeah. Shania Twain, that kind yeah. of stuff. So like uh, a lot of like a lot of that. But once my stepdad came into the picture, um, my mom's taste in music started going more towards country because that's what he plays. So a lot of Waylon Jennings, 
um, actual country. D- Dwight Yoakam, yeah. Willie Nelson, <laughs> yeah, the derailers, you know, um, all all of that. Alan Jackson. It just and the list goes on. And uh, and then my uncle actually plays too. So my uncle and then his dad plays. So I don't know if anybody has heard of Tommy Alverson. Um, he's older, but mostly like known in Texas as a uh, a solo artist and a country solo artist. He like in his late forties, it got to the point where that's all he did, and he started putting together his own you know uh, music festival. So every year we would have this huge country music festival of a whole bunch of local artists. I'm talking like maybe like 30 different artists every year. Um, and it was a four day weekend from Thursday afternoon all the way to, you know, Monday morning basically. So they would start on a Thursday early afternoon around 11 and then just go. And so, you know, 12, 14 hours out of every single day, there's nothing but music playing outside where they got, you know, people selling shirts and hats, like cool little gadgets and uh, food, you know, food trucks are out there too. And typically it was in a park, uh, like an RV park Mm -hmm. or a camping park. So it was really big and a lot of people that didn't know about it, it being there were just already there. So they would come too on top of anybody who knows all of these bands. Is that where you kind of got into like wanting to get up there and play or did that where did that come in like playing um, the guitar playing the guitar that was that came way later it was really interesting actually uh my grandparents bought me a a guitar when i was 10 for christmas and it was one of my christmas presents um my grandpa tinkered around a little bit with it and he showed me a beatles song Mm. and i learned that real quick that night that I opened it up, but then I never picked it up again. Um, and I had already been playing the violin, so I guess that's kind of what sparked it a little bit. So My first instrument was a saxophone. Nice. Uh, we didn't have orchest- orchestral uh, options when I was a kid. It, was... I, it just depends on like which schools do it what. Is. Cause yeah. like, in DFW, some schools do orchestra, and then some of them don't. Same here. And it's all within... like. A 50, 60 mile radius of each other. You know, they're all in the same Metroplex. So it's crazy. It's like, why doesn't everybody do the same thing? But I guess that's districts for you. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, I'd already been playing the violin. Grandparents got me guitar, learned a Beatles song. I don't even remember what Beatles song it was. Um, and then stopped playing. Didn't even pick it up again until like when I was 13. And that's because I saw Pantera for the first time. Whoa! And what, 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 yeah. what tour? What tour? I don't. Uh, I just was introduced to the song Five Minutes Alone" on YouTube. Oh yeah! And I saw Dime play, and I was like, "This is heavy as fuck." That was. I've excuse me. I don't know if I can. Cuss yeah, no, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, Dimebag was one of my top. Mount Rushmore guys for sure as yeah. far as influences. Uh, uh, I got to see uh, I got to see him in uh, 99 or 2000, maybe 2001. Uh, it was the last tour they did before 9/11. Dang. Put the kibosh on it. You're lucky. Yeah. I've, I've never gotten to see Dime play and it's it sucks because uh the people that introduced me to him were really close to him. I mean, they saw. Oh yeah, DFW area, and we lived in DFW, so you know, uh, the access to just seeing him anyway would have been real easy. Uh, I got to meet his brother though, Vinny Paul, Mm -hmm. before he passed away, so that was really cool. I actually watched uh, the night before with him in a movie tavern, (laughs) Um, and him and a whole bunch of his friends. I don't know if y'all remember that movie, Uh -uh. uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, and a couple. I think Seth Rogen may be in it, and then one other guy. It's the guy it's like who Christmas played, movie. Yeah, yeah it's okay. it's the guy who plays the Falcon, I believe. Is that where they and, all like they're adults and they do like all like cocaine and shit, and they all freak out, or is that the neighbors? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's Seth all, Rogen's that's, made a lot of fucking that's, uh, dumb comedies. That's man. all their movies. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. You're not wrong there. I guess. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> 
Well, uh, <clears throat> oh, that's interesting too, because Dimebag, um, as far as an influence, he was like the guy you know, in the '90s when I was learning how to play. Like it was kind of you didn't play guitar solos. Mm-hmm. You know, the Flash. If you wanted to do that, you had to listen to albums from the '80s. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Dimebag was kind of one of the only guys out there that was really still just blasting out a fucking yeah, shredding solo. And, and it's a lot of it's because of that Texas country bending the way he bends the strings and can work yeah. the strings. And people don't understand, like, that's not metal. That came from fucking country. country. Yeah, <laughs> and blues. Yeah, and blues. Yeah. But yeah. It, it comes from that world. And the way he did it was just... About as original as it can get, I guess. There's a lot. If Zach Wilde can't cop the lick, then it's probably not going to be able to be done. No, no. <laughs> I mean, even even I've tried, and it's just like it's not the same. Like I've picked up, I've picked up a couple of things from watching him play and learning some of the stuff that he used to do. But other than that, like you just have to let someone be there you know and like that's that's one thing that does bother me though a lot about some things is or some artists is they try too hard to sound or look like somebody instead of just you know being them and i know we all have influences so it 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 plays a part well a lot of it i'll notice if you're asking somebody who's your biggest influence and they can name one guy uh most most guitar players or many musicians I talk to, it's always like a pause because they have to, like, I can't give you one. I can give you, like, the top five. So I always just say, like, the Mount Rushmore, like, as far as influences. Uh, top, okay. top three, top five. Like, who are some of your, your top go-to guys? Whether just guitar or just overall. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I, overall gave, you, I gave you the first one. Well, Dimebag, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, he's a, so, everybody loves him. Man. Uh, after him, man, uh, It 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 was interesting because I didn't really focus too much on uh, one person per se. It was more of just the music and a type of thing. So once I learned about Pantera and the heavy side of what music is, uh, I started going down that rabbit hole of death metal yeah, and metalcore, yeah. and I really got into the chugging and the speed. And the breakdown. And uh, do you know a band uh, out of here called Perseus? No, I'm gonna. I'll I'll tag you up with those guys. The if, only people if, that I know right now are is uh, Papa Vern. Oh no! If you're into some heavy, I'll, we'll we'll direct you to some local heavy. Yeah, the, some of the best. Okay, in in the state, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll sorry to interrupt you, man. No, you're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> as far okay, um, you said you have uh, some original tunes you've been working on, but from that, like the heavy, uh, the the Dimebag Daryl and the death metal rabbit hole, like what are some things from that world that you would incorporate into like your more acoustic or country lyrical content or anything? So matter? the first thing is actually dropping the tuning of the standard. E-A-D-G-B-E. Yeah. So I'm in D-G-C-F-A-D, which is a whole Hold step up. down. Um, kind of suits my voice a little bit more, I feel like. Just yeah. like I kind of get more of the deeper side. And, and then I have a nice range, so I can sing. I can get a little higher. Um, but I'm trying to, like, access the lower stuff a little bit to, like, increase it, my range. So I know as I get older and more testosterone and, and all that, the oh, if you're 27, uh, you ain't got very many years left. Oh, yeah, it starts going down in about 34. Well, that's speaking from some experience, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Well, you'll feel it. Don't worry. You'll I'll, feel it. I'll, I'll cross that bridge. When <laughs> you'll I get cross there. that bridge when you get there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to think about that right now. Oh, um, don't worry. They got stuff for it now. Um. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm hoping yoga and just a bunch of water will help me. <laughs> I took a shitload of psychedelics. Um, it didn't work, but I had a great fucking time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll make you forget. I'm definitely focus on other things, like just a pencil sticking out. Of the... Wow, 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 wow. Doesn't fit in. It doesn't fit in with everything else. Everything else blends in. But that pencil. Are you tripping right now? I did that just for that purpose, just to throw people off. 
You're the first guy to caught it. Dun, dun, dun. I I'm could joking. be. I'm, I'm fucking with I'm you. partially psyched. Oh, I'd be upset you didn't <laughs> share, My collective honestly. consciousness is through the roof. <laughs> so, a um, couple of originals. You, you draw... Uh, drop the tuning and and stuff like that and I kind of like also like the heavier stuff like some of the chugging and then that's where the soloing stuff comes into play you know um, that I like soloing you know that's what yeah I think, and I think that's what gravit uh, has been gravitating towards the blues a lot because it's very rhythmic and funky and some of the rhythms remind me of death metal breakdowns and metalcore breakdowns. Um, and then like, just, you just get free reign to shred. And it's like the blues is, is one of the only other genres that gives you permission mm-hmm. to just defile your guitar. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I love that. I love that about all of that. So I try to like bring those techniques into what it is that I do a little bit and then kind of go from there. Now, when it comes to like music and what comes out of me, I'm never really thinking about what it is that I'm doing. It's kind of a uh, flow state type thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's improv. It's interesting because there's, I, I, I actually go down that path with most songwriters we have on. It's like, how does it come to you? <clears throat> Some guys, it literally like me, I'm more like if, if, if it comes, it comes, and hopefully I have a guitar nearby mm. um, because it, it could be at <laughs> yeah. some of the most inopportune times imaginable that yeah. a melody hits your head. And other people, like um, some of the, uh, like Nikki Jackson, Elizabeth Turner's been on, and like lyrics come to the words come to them, and, mm. and then the melodies later. Like, how does it kind of, how does it formulate in you? More of a stream of consciousness type of guy? Um, the closest thing that I can relate it to is a rapper. Like I know what you're saying when you say that, but like explain like, it to people listening. Yeah, so you know, uh competitive rappers like, you know, Eminem and you know, Royce to five nine and all these other guys, Joyner Lucas, you know, uh Logic, they they're competitive in what it is that they're do- what they're doing. They recognize they're their own entity, but they're competitive about it and with each other and towards each other. And I relate it closely to uh, freestyling. You know, you're given a beat and then they just have to come up with words and a flow right then and there. And it just has to come out of them. And that's basically how it is for me in, in that moment. And that's why I like soloing too and improv while over over like tracks and whatnot or band because it's just it's right then and there well and it and forces so you to just be to make that move like you, you can't pussyfoot on a bend if you're doing it live you have to no. you got to get there you have to stay on yeah. tempo you know you have a, a whole bunch of people behind you playing and you have to vibe with them and vice versa you know because you have the rest of the band and your audience that they're like their intention is on you now, yeah. And you're the one that's supposed to enhance everything and play beyond that. Um. So like that's why I like soloing and and have in the blues because it gives you rain to basically freestyle and come up with something on the spot like a rapper does. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in blues, uh, you know, staying of the pentatonic, it has a you can kind of sing along to solos in the blues it's not mm. so technically people lose that too yeah you know uh, david gilmore is one of my main guys as far as influences and it's because of those big boomer bends they call them or whatever <laughs> but i don't care if you can sing the guitar solo that is something he's tapping into there that most people just don't mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i don't know man that's really cool um what are the name of your two songs the originals. Uh, My Time and Pretty Lies. Um, I don't know. Maybe you have or haven't thought like where to go uh, as far as 
where are you at as far as um are you do you want to put those on an album or an ep and release them or as a single uh i would if so I don't have anything recorded at the moment. Right, that's, that's what I'm asking. If I were to record something right now, like if I right right off the bat in like three hours with somebody professionally, it would be either my time or Pretty Lies. Uh, probably Pretty Lies. Um, well, it's like recording. I mean, a lot of people you, know, you can do it from your house and whatnot, but a real studio is still very expensive, and it's mm-hmm. like yeah, songs go through this. You know, they'll be, you think they're done, and then you play them a couple times, a few little bit, and it's like, ah, I need to work on that. And it goes through this weird thing, mm. and then you're like, this is the song, and it's <laughs> what I would record if I was given the opportunity. And then you go into the recording studio, and it's this whole other, it's an entire other process. Mm. Like, it's, it's, it's like songwriting is a process. Mm. Recording a song is a process. Even though the song is completed, that's a whole different experience. Yeah. And especially if you're self-publishing, <clears throat> which most of our guests do locally, there's a there's a lot of uh <laughs> It's a process. Yeah. Just say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There I, I know. I know. There's a there's a comp- there's a, a lady we we interviewed in uh, Illinois or not Illinois, Indiana named Malaise. She's an artist up there and she does this MIC Mountain uh music industry what is it music industry connected connected yep. uh, i'll get you uh, tag tag all that in your thing man she's got this whole process about how to uh, you know establish a press kit you know depending if wherever you want to go if you want to self publish or shop around for a label if they even exist like they we thought they did traditionally mm-hmm. um but it just gives you a really good insight of how you could you can get to a point and then you can sh- you can literally shop around i think uh actually like the whole industry and era of labels and people being signed onto a label i think that whole era is coming to an end because you have a lot of musicians who have the availability and access to do things themselves now and still promote themselves well, um, and meet other people. And so I think it, I think that's what I see at least because streaming is, it's so easy to get your music out and, and but stream it's so it. hard to get it in people's ears. That's the thing. That's it's so easy the to marketing, put out there. The marketing yeah. side to it and the business side to it is a thing, and it, it can be difficult. It definitely can be. At that point, you do have to pay for promotion sometimes, but uh, ultimately, like that's where I think labels and record labels are changing. They're going to be offering their services. Yes. And instead of like, it's more of doing a, contracts and binding you to them. Yeah, it's well, I don't know. The rap game is a different world too. They're actually kind of still on the. They have big labels. Um, That's true. The rock and pop world's a little. It's like you're saying. It's become more where the labels are more of a distribution and a bank, which they were always the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, yeah, you don't. I just, I just see people like operating differently you know the a and r guy the a and r guy isn't really a th- it's yeah not a thing anymore no I and mean, they exist but it's not like you used to have no and uh, i mean just being here alone in okc and seeing what the locals here are doing and how everyone is connected and the people that are connected here are also connected with other people in other cities you know, and then it just goes from there. And I just see this kind of underground movement and wave of connectedness and getting access to music uh, outside of our mainstream platforms, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like anything else. Those mainstream platforms are there. But that's that's why I like the free market system, too, is because once something stops being a service – of someone that business goes out and then something else or someone else comes in its place and it's better and it's what people want instead of trying to be force fed what right. people think you want. Well, and that was the late nineties yeah. scene. I mean, the gatekeeper, uh, the mobility of the gatekeepers at that point 
Say what you want about Napster and what happened afterwards. <laughs> that was definitely a watershed moment in mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. I mean, Metallica, they, they might have went about it the wrong way, but they saw what, what the fuck was coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew it. And yeah. They, they couldn't stop it, ultimately, so it didn't really matter. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's the idea of vinyl sells better than CDs seems backward as fuck to me but it does mm-hmm. you know there's a there's got to be a reason for that people still want a tangible product for their money it, i think it's definitely an aesthetic yeah that, that too it's definitely a well and there's a tone on vinyl too it's that's different similar, it's it's pleasant yeah you know it's, it's a warmer it, it's homey you know it makes you kind of just want to sink in you know and just let it penetrate you in a weird uh, you know, so yeah, you know, like that. It just makes you want to sink into your chair and and get away from the mic. But um, <laughs> that that's that's the greatest part of of a vinyl, and it's so vintage. And I think it's gonna be one of those ancestry things that'll I don't think it'll ever there. go away. No, yeah. I mean, they well, vinyl's been around for like over a hundred years now, uh, right? At this point, yeah, yeah. You know, so that that's that's crazy to think about to me. You know, all going back all the way to nineteen twelve, in the nineteen ten. Well, and it's it's analog, and so it's like there's a there's just something to that that if you have your music on a device, that device could die. You can get the card, you can do that, and all that. Okay, fine. But a vinyl record player is a fucking manual metal needle with a spring and all that mm-hmm. shit, and it blows through a horn. <laughs> They've electrified them, but at its base, it's still that old-school fucking scratch. Yeah. So there's a utility in that I don't think is ever going to go away. Mm-hmm. And like you said, too, with the aesthetic, I like vinyl. I like opening the big the big thing and looking yeah. at the pictures it's, and shit. It's cool, yeah, too, because like they've got pictures and other artwork that comes with the vinyl. So you're really... You know, you're getting more from the artist than just their music. You're getting a visual representation as well. On top of, like, it's like they're showing you more of who they are. Yeah. You know, through their artwork and or what they choose to do with the vinyl. I've seen a green vinyl and an orange vinyl yeah. and a purple vinyl. I'm like, that's so cool. And then they got pictures on the vinyl that. Like on the back side, if they don't have anything on the other side, it's just like they've got pictures on there. So like you'll turn it over, and then that's the side that plays all the music from. So I'm like, okay, that's you know. So there's so much more to it than just it's like opening candy. Yeah. Well, see, and us geeking out on it is is (laughs) it's it's a niche. It's a niche market. It's a small market, but it's a market that doesn't ever go away. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I don't know when when someone falls in love with that vintage feel, it's like it can get very expensive too, and that goes for vinyl or vintage guitar mm-hmm. gear mm-hmm. that runs into the thousands. But <laughs> yeah, I also think like it's uh, we as humans have sort of a rebellious nature for sure, and when you have something like the technology that we have today almost forcing you to stay home and not do anything. It it kind of not really forcing you, but makes it easy. It makes it comfortable. Yeah. Like provoking you, trying to seduce (laughs) you into this couch potato and, and inject you with drugs. Uh, it's, it's nice because it's a complete contrast. It forces somebody to get out of their house and go obtain something because um, there are still vinyl record stores, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, we got one right here on Main Street, man. It's and, awesome. And, you know, they're outlasting Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you have a whole different side of the in- in- entertainment industry that is, like, completely rebelling against this technological movement of being lazy. And... It's cool to see that. So I think there has to be like a really nice balance, you know, to everyone's life. You can't always be inside and not go out and do something, you know, and socialize, see people, talk about things, do what we're doing here, you know, talking about music and stuff. Um, I can go longer than most. 
I can tell you that. <laughs> when they said, well, the COVID came through and everything, they're like, oh, you got to stay at your house and work only. And I'm like, well, shit, that doesn't really change. <laughs> that doesn't really change me a whole lot. And once the bars and the, the venues shut down, it was like, well, fuck. Well, for a podcast, I would say that's pretty good, but maybe like on your first date. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know if you should lead with that. Uh, no, no, it's never good. <laughs> uh, well, oh man, this whole all just a trip, man. We're podcasting is like any other thing in entertainment or starting a band. It's it's it really is a business. You have to you mm-hmm. really have to approach it mm-hmm. with with that kind of in mind. You got to be careful with situations and 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 predatory people man. i was people when i was in bands i was in bands early 2000s up to like oh six or seven i kind of just left because it was just toxic as fuck man there's people that are i had a guy tell me and it's true to this day so there's two types of people in this business there's people that create and work and there's people that steal and sue and you have to figure out which one you are and you have to figure it out pretty early and uh, you start looking around and you're like, oh, I'm not like these people. And I create and work. I was around a lot of people. It's like, oh, this is these are the type of people that are in this business. I, even the local level. I wasn't even a fucking really? nobody. Nobody. Wow. And I just was like, I, I got to get out. And it's like, I don't know. It's a stressful experience trying to navigate that shit. And now with it, I don't know how it is now. I was in a band briefly and... With uh, you said two thousand seven, uh, six or seven somewhere on there. I stopped, stopped playing, and yeah, just picked it back up here about three or four years ago. Okay, yeah, you know, um, I don't know that. Like, I, I've experienced that a little bit, not a whole lot. Um, you know, I definitely understand. Like, other musicians want to do what it is that they want to do. You know, I've experienced that, like parting ways because of sure differing desires. No, these were predatory, like not in a not in like a like stealing criminal way, but in a way that they you could tell they talked to you in a way that they were. There's always an angle. You can never you, you always have to have your guard up talking to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're talking about intimate details about creativity and a songwriting i mean it's a very head heavy process so you got to really be able to communicate and when you're dealing with someone who you feel like they're looking for an angle uh, it's just i don't i pick up on it early and i separate because of it like and then found out around that time i'm like wow i'm having to walk away from a lot of people and like i don't have anybody left so i guess i'm just gonna walk away from this whole fucking scene like dang that's what it felt like wow and i don't know maybe it was just me my perception of it i don't know but yeah i mean i needed where, to get where away were from you it. what was your like location oklahoma city, oklahoma city? Yeah. wow uh you know i haven't been here for very long so i haven't um i haven't seen much you know, it, it, uh, it, I, I'm pretty brutal when it comes to like being honest with people it's, and, and I pick up things psychologically and sociologically that most people or maybe some people just wouldn't. But one thing that I've noticed to always look out for is when someone says they're not going to do something or I'm not this or I'm not that. Typically, it means that they are and they either they don't know it or they're just lying to you about it you know i've met plenty of people that just aren't aware of who they are and their um their actions and stuff and they just live life like a zombie and whatever it is they choose to do is whatever they do but whatever um easy sorry (laughs) i heard that too and i was like dang yeah, I was like, normally they don't register on the mics, but that one probably did Yeah, And that was weird. It, it, it caught just my ring finger <laughs> and my pinky. It, didn't, it wasn't even my whole hand. Uh-huh. See? I just like barely even tapped it. And it stuck. Well, I'm just not going <laughs> to. <laughs> well, we'll get you a guitar in your hands. You have something uh, to do here. Uh, uh, but yeah, but yeah, you want to play them? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, all right, Levi, got the guitar set up. Um, first song you're gonna play is called Pretty Lies, correct? Yes, sir. All 
Okay, I didn't know if I was on the mic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're on the mic. Uh, now you know why I like metal. <laughs> I was picking up. Uh, I was picking up mostly blues there, but yeah, that's uh, it. very, very good. Um, I'm. I mean, we kind of got it jury rigged up in here to uh, get it across. But <laughs> for people listening, we're not on video, so it's a Takamini acoustic guitar, um, and him. That's all it was, and. Uh, very good structure to that song. That's that's a well written song. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. Awesome. What's your uh, the next one's called My Time? Yes. Let's give that a listen. All right. And we'll once we once we finish that, we'll put the guitar up and kind of talk about how those how you came up with those, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Let me. 
Seattle. <clears throat> All right. I'm getting on the bottle to get you off my mind. I'm three shots and I still ain't feeling it. Minute eight thirty-five. This relation doesn't mean much when you show my truancy. And if you actually love me, you wouldn't fucking listen to me. You tear my heart apart when I tear down these walls. As soon as I let myself show your murderous thoughts, take control of you. There's no justice or truth. And I'm not gonna live my life under your watch. Let me say that I'm second to no one In my book I'm number one And if that's not something you can get on board with I'm gonna tell you done You can say whatever you want to It's not gonna change my mind You're a time ticking bomb and I've gotta run So let me not waste my time You tear my heart apart when I tear down these walls As soon as I let myself show your murderous thoughts Take control of you There's no justice or truth And I'm not gonna live my life under your watch Exchange numbers with you uh, when we get out of here. Um, yeah, we're gonna work together on something. <laughs> All right, man. <clears throat> yeah, that was good. Thank you. I mean, it, I mean, it's raw in here, obviously, but I don't know if people are hearing what I'm hearing. But that was very well put together the way that song was written, and then the previous one too. I like them both. Thank um, you. <clears throat> Your vocals in that was really good. I, I'm hearing the metal influence trying to come through there, a lot, and and <laughs> yeah. the, the little speedier on the on the pick in there. That first one I was, was very blues. Mm. That one was I, I was picking up a lot of country in the in the vocal and then the the guitar. I'm like, well, fuck. There's some of the metal influence there. So very good, very good. Thank you. Where did those songs kind of come from? As far as like how'd they percolate in your brain there? Uh, you you know I was. So Pretty Lies, I was actually just um, playing with octaves. Like, I was literally just going. And then. Found a melody in there, I, huh? I hit that, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. But it actually, it was weird, because, like, what came first, though, was. Kind of a pentatonic thing. Okay. Before I added that. So the whole song was just. Um, so and, the then blues, like, the, and then like I started messing with the octaves and I was like, oh, I should just like hit that because like it's just me playing the guitar. So if I have some sort of rhythm, a little more rhythm to it. Give some percussion feel. Yeah, I can like I can stay on tempo a lot easier and then just kind of like run through it because some songs you don't really know how they're fully going to sound until you get a drummer behind you yep and once you get a drummer behind you you're like 
oh, this yeah. is a totally different song than some I thought it was going to be. You can there's the some songs the drums are so dynamic in them you don't even need the other instruments you just mm-hmm. need a guy singing along to the drum pattern mm-hmm. and oh yeah that's that song yep yep <laughs> yep i mean and the and the chords and and the way the music is constructed goes the same way yeah, so absolutely i try to think a lot about uh what a drummer would do if i had a you're drummer. not the first person to say that actually on the show there's a oh, crap i'm not gonna i'm now i'm not, now i'm gonna draw a blank on who it was that said that that thinks like a drummer Ron, maybe it was Ron. Don't quote me. Fuck. Yeah, that's why I like rhythm and blues because it's very rhythmic. There's yeah. a, is a lot more to the the rhythmic side than there is on the soloing. But you know, well, those old blues guys. I mean, they literally use their guitars as like a weapon against the audience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. I mean, they're singing the blues as a mo- even happy blues songs usually comes from a place of pain. I mean, mm-hmm. it's music born out of slavery. So. Mm-hmm. It's like they took that and then that they sped that up and turned it into rock and roll, which turned into where we're at now, you know, and just exploded. But yeah, most American music, you can always go back to blues roots, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's what gives it that bounce. Mm-hmm. If, if it don't mean its thing if it ain't got that swing. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, if you ain't got the funk, man. Well, where where do we go from here, man? I know um, you're you, you're uh, up at Forty West and uh, some other places, but I know you're featured there. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yes. So um, I'm actually being featured there, not this Sunday, but next Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm I'm hosting the open mic, so I'll start and I'll finish. Um, so you'll get to hear me play probably like 10, 12 songs, um, covers and my own stuff. Um, and after that, you know, I just, I don't really have anything lined up yet. I'm trying to get some stuff lined up. Um, I'm not too sure what's going to happen right now in the next coming weeks. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I know that I'm supposed to be on leave starting Monday. So that's like almost a whole month of just me going to every single open mic night that I have written down in my notes on my phone. You know, uh, JJ Alley's, uh, Whiskey Chicks. If you want to get some eyeballs on you, make the trip to Tulsa. Tulsa? Tulsa's got a nothing against our Oklahoma City brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. But as far as, sh- like, that's what they do in Tulsa. Like, what are you doing on a Tuesday night? We're going to see live music. Where? Mm-hmm wherever like that that's just, it's more of that kind of mentality up okay there. and they got they got some pretty good venues too um definitely if you have a month off you might um uh, i can maybe even help yeah guide if, you to some you know people some that places. know some places up there like the vanguard those type of places i mm-hmm. know some uh, i might yeah. be able to get you hooked up you know yeah so we'll absolutely. talk about it here after we get off the air but uh thank yeah. you so much for being on today man thank you for having me this, and uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure and thank you John, for inviting me. Was, yeah. We'll see, yeah, we'll see if we can get some eyeballs in front of you and see if we can get you moving this thing along, man. Thank you. Shit ain't easy. We're, st- a podcast is very much like a band as far as you have to think basically about a month ahead at all times. Mm-hmm. You know. And, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, we're brotherhood. Like, we, we're literally, like, podcasts now are, like, the brother and sister of the music it's industry. It's the glue that holds it. together across the country it really is yeah and now podcasters are going on other podcasters to podcast it's just a fucking mess man (laughs) (laughs) right and then we and we when we started this we were actually one of the only um like one of the only few local music podcasts and now we're seeing them pop up everywhere. We have another. There's, yeah, a, there's competition in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, like they, like people Oklahoma. go, oh well, I was doing podcast. Oh, these guys are doing. Oh yeah, I'm gonna start a podcast <laughs> doing that because they already had the equipment. I'm like, man, what, what are you shout guys out doing? to Jerry Lowlife, <laughs> by the way. I saw him. Uh, he had our buddy Gomez on, and yeah. uh, I, I like his show, man. He, 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 I thought I was jealous at first. I was like, this dude's just. Man, we it was our thing. And he's got a kind of a different gig going. So I mean, I, yeah, they're always that. They're all different. Like, uh, what is it? Um, the old drummer from Limp Biscuit. He, yeah, uh, he started a podcast, but he does like um, bands that are signed to the festivals. So like, they talk to him before the festival starts, like how they're getting ready for all that stuff. Okay, uh, but they only put out like an episode a month. And uh, but then there's like um, like that name actually crossed my paths again. 
right after that same day. Oh, Lo- like Jerry that same Lola? day. Yeah, yeah, like somebody was like, "Oh, do you know Jerry Lowlife?" And it was his friend, and he's like, "Dude, I'll get you hooked up with that dude. He's cool as fuck." Like, you know, let's build this so, thing, man. Yeah, Levi, thank you so much, man. Thank Jonathan, you, Jonathan. Uh, it was a great time. Take us home, man. All right. Uh, the Local Earshot Podcast, we run on the value for value system. That is time, talent, and treasure. The first tenet is time. Uh, when you listen to the show, uh, you basically help us out by uh, you know um, just doing that alone because uh, it, there's like 4 million podcasts out there. And, uh, and so the, you know, we're just kind of happy that you um, chose to listen to our show. Um, and then talent, if you're an artist, if you work inside the inter- entertainment industry in Oklahoma, uh, then – uh, or even beyond, uh, then hit me up at john at the local com or on our Instagram page. That's the local earshot. Uh, and then um, as for treasure, uh, basically we take donations and, and so we can't do that without you, uh, the listeners. So uh, if you do a one time uh, contribute to the show, then uh, producers contributing $5 uh, and, and above uh, will get a special mention on the show and become an LE fan, which is uh, associate executive producer. Uh, if you donate $20 or more, then you automatically become an LE rocker. Uh, that's executive producers. And anybody donating four ninety nine or less um, automatically remains anonymous, um, and anybody can remain anonymous if you request. Uh, and then if you donate $100, um, any way either one time or multiple times you uh, put all your donations together and you pass the hundred then you become an ellie rock star and uh and with that one uh you get special mentions at events and actual the things that we put on and so uh you'll you'll have special things that other people will not have at those events um but yeah thank you for listening go to the podcast 2.0 apps guys listen to us on that just fyi before we get out of here also if you want to follow me on instagram uh levied zero seven it's L E V I E D zero seven. Do you have a YouTube or anything? Um, yes, no? I do. Levi Bardenly. Okay. L E V I B A R T O N L Y. All right, guys. There you go. Levi Barton. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll see you guys.